0: Hello, calm parents. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Disrespect, backtalk, and lying are just a few of the problematic teen behaviors many parents are trying to deal with. What do you do when you've tried everything and nothing seems to work? That's what we're going to tackle in today's episode. I'm joined by Kimball Lewis, the CEO of, a parent, of EmpoweringParents.com. Want to get that right? In addition to his leadership and management roles, he contributes as an editor, a homeschooling expert, and a parent coach. Kimball is frequently Thanks. interviewed by CBS News in Tampa Bay, Florida for his expert parenting advice. Welcome, Kimball. I'm so happy you could join us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Dr. Camp.
0: Absolutely. So let's start with what inspired you to start EmpoweringParents.com?
1: Well, I actually inherited EmpoweringParents.com. And i had been aware of the work of this guy named James Lehman, who, who came up with this program called the Total Transformation Program about mm-hmm. 10 years ago now. And I ha- he, he was an acquaintance of mine. I was aware of him. Uh, he had a, this, this great accountability-based program that was wildly popular in the, in the late 2000s. And he passed away suddenly, mm-hmm. sort of at the height of his popularity. My initial introduction to it was was driving around and listening to his ads on the radio where he he said, and it's the first thing that ever caught me, is if you're in a constant battle of arguments with your kids, just remember, you don't have to attend every argument that you're invited to. And that really resonated with me. He lived in my town. I had a connection, kind of a connection with him. I always had a technology background, but after he passed away, some other folks that were involved in the company approached me and, and said, you have a technology background, you're a parent, you understand these programs. Um, how do we transform this to make it modern? It used to be books and CDs and that type yeah. of thing. So I brought it on. It's, it's electronic now. We used to sell it in the United States and Canada. Now we are, our programs are offered worldwide now. We have people in 28 countries that are using the programs thanks to the value of the internet and yeah, right? all these resources. So everything's, everything's very available for parents who are struggling these days. That's- There's a lot of information out there.
0: Yeah, it's so, it's so wonderful too. Um, I think too, though, it comes to the point where it becomes so much information and it's like, okay, how do we now navigate that and bring it in? And so you've got like a program that really focuses in on here's the issues and solutions for them, which is great. And I think one of the big things and what I had really wanted to kind of jump into was just difficult, challenging behaviors. Um, I always liken it to playing like an endless game of whack-a-mole where, you know, you deal with it over here and it pops up over here and you deal with Mm -hmm. it. And so we're trying everything and it's not working. So what are some of the strategies um, that you have to help us deal with these challenging behaviors that just keep popping up?
1: Well, one of of the key things that we we talk about with parents is, one of the reasons kids do these behaviors over and over again is it actually works for them. They're, they're using it to solve a problem. So like if your child just won't do chores and you're coming home at the end of a long workday and you're just, you're tired of the fight over whether or not the child did the chore or whatever it is they were supposed to do. And you finally throw up your hands and you're like, you know what? It's way easier for me to do it myself than it is to have yet another battle with my, with my son or daughter about doing it. And so parents kind of give up. They're like, they're like I, I, have, I can't do this. You know, they they've been dragged into the fight with their kid their kids are very good at that it's one of the it's mm-hmm. one of the it's one of the few skills in their early life that they're very good at which is driving their which is pulling their parents down into a power struggle and so it works for them why do they do these problem solving skills that are that that are characterized by defiance and back talk that type mm-hmm. of thing it actually works for them so the, the key step is to make sure that those skills no longer work for them mm-hmm. And you do that through consequences, which we can get in. Uh, And then also you have to offer them alternative behaviors, which will work for them. It's the combination of those two things. And it takes a little bit of time for it to to set in. But if you're very consistent about it, you can, we have, it's a lot of reason to have hope. Uh, We've seen, we've seen lots and lots of kids turn around and it's, and they actually feel better once they get better at this, that the child. So they, they, kids, kids who act out and don't behave well, they're not happy kids. When they learn how to behave better, they become much happier yeah. kids. So: Yeah.
0: I mean, no child wants to get in trouble, right? Like that's not their end game, is to get in trouble. So they're doing the best they can with what they know. So like you're saying, OK, we want to stop the behavior that we're not thrilled about, but they're doing it because it's working, but give them another method. Exactly. Another way to do it. So let's start with consequences. Because consequences, I think, has kind of lost its way in my mind. And it's kind of become a fancy word for punishment. <laughs> so how would you define consequences and how consequences work?
1: So we 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 have this, we have this saying, if you ever subscribe to our newsletter, you'll get this pitch once in a while where we say you can't punish your child into good behavior. Right. What you need, what you need, are effective consequences, and that to the child it feels the same. It feels like they've done something wrong or inappropriate, and they're being punished or a consequence. Uh, to, to the to the parent who's applying these things, what you want to ask yourself is: Is there a learning aspect to the thing that to this consequence? And very often, so we recommend, for example, that consequences are task oriented. Mm-hmm that allows them to practice the good behavior skills. So I'll just give you a quick example. If you, if you, have, a, if you have siblings and your son's hitting the, your daughter all the time, the, the consequence is perhaps you take away their, their phone or electronics, which is a very common thing to do. Take it away for like three hours. And then during that three hours, your child has to not hit his sister during that time frame and has to behave appropriately. Mm-hmm. And then, and then if, they, if they succeed in that, then they get their they get their phone back. Mm-hmm. So they're actually practicing that. The consequence is they're practicing that skill, which is they're not talking back or they're not, they're not hitting their sister or, or daughter or, or, okay. um, or brother. So that's, that's a task oriented aspect of it are actually learning something. through it.
0: So when they're doing that, you had also said like, we're learning another skill. So they're hitting their, they're hitting their sibling or yelling at their sibling It's more likely in teens, but I've seen hitting too, because um, there's a lot of argument and there's a lot of resentment. So there's a reason behind that behavior. So when we're teaching and saying, don't do that, the piece of the learning, what is that learning piece in that process?
1: So the, the, learn, the learning is, there's two ways to go about the learning. One is, is they need to practice that self-control. So you want, you want the consequence to be long enough. If you say you don't, don't hit your sister for five days or don't yell at your sister for five days and you get your phone book. that's too long-term. They're not going to be able to succeed. But if you can do it three or four hours and you can get three or four hours of peace within your household, they've practiced that. They've got their, they've got their phone back. The other piece is, is you need to offer them the alternative skills. Is what, what should you do the next time you're frustrated with your sister instead of yelling or hitting? And you can make that task oriented too. And this is going to sound goofy, but this really works. You can take, take, take something away that they value, like their electronics, and then say, you, know, you lose your electronics for three hours. And, and during those three hours, you need to write me a letter explaining to me why we don't hit or yell or use abusive language in this household. And the next time my sister frustrates me, here's what I'm going to do instead. And you can actually work with them. As to what it's going to say. And it's not, it has to be long, but it might take them 20, 20 minutes or so to actually write this thing out. And they don't get their phone back until they've written this letter. And they're going All to right. think it's hokey. They're going to roll their eyes, but they're going to understand over time when they write this, this is, this is what I need to do. And they actually have completed the task and, and they get it to you. And if you do this consistently over and over again, after a while, they're just going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to leave my sister alone. <laughs> so it actually works. Now, so it, th- th- these things sound hokey but it works like the other one is putting the rules of the household the basic rules of the household on yeah. the refrigerator
0: yeah
1: like spelled out we don't use abusive language in this household we don't swear we don't hit people in this household and then right. when that happens you can just point to the refrigerator and say these are the rules of this household right and then and then you you avoid this um i don't know if you if you can imagine there's no posted speed limits and you're driving down the highway and then a, a police officer pulls you over it feels like it's personal between you and the police officer as to whether you were speeding or not, but there's a sign. The police officer can say, there's the sign. It's 65 miles an hour. You were going 75. That's why I pulled you over. You can do the same thing. It, it, helps, it helps get rid of some of the arguments. I mean, the child's still going to argue, but it's not a personal argument between two individuals. It's an argument between the child and the rules because they don't like the rule. That's a, it's a different dynamic. So that, that helps a lot also.
0: It does. And I mean, when the every time I've been pulled over for speeding, I have an argument in my head, too, that tries to justify it. And it's not right. So even adults are going to justify what they did. Right. Even though they see the sign and know that it wasn't right. So I think that's normal behavior.
1: But if you think it's arbitrary that that police officer, you know, decided what the speed limit was that day, it makes it that much worse.
0: Yes, it does. Definitely. Right. And so this is really key because I think a lot of times we make the assumption that the kids should know better and know what the rules are like of course you're not supposed to hit people but having it out there and outlined makes it really clear that you're aware of it and that it's a rule so I think that's important now another thing I've seen parents do though when they have the rules is there's like five pages of rules no you don't (laughs) so tell us a little bit of how do we decide what the rules are so that we don't have like this laundry list of stuff, which then becomes, you might as well not have any.
1: Yeah. You have to, you have to decide what are the basic values within your household. And you also have to be on board with the fact that as the parent, you get to decide what the basic values are within your household. It's not a, it's not a democracy. Kids have their input, but, but the parent is a legitimate authority in the household. And if the parent says, we don't swear in this household, there's no swearing in the household. And if you do, there's a consequence. Um, yelling, any abusive type behavior. You don't want abusive right. behavior. You don't want hitting. You don't want property destruction. You don't want the kids punching and putting holes in the walls. Um, and then abusive behavior. That type, those are the sort of the key types of things. Then it can get down to some of the functional things like no electronics until your homework's done for example and it just it should be five or six or seven things just just to maintain a sense of of order and accountability and and you want you want to avoid a situation where the child is using abusive behavior either verbal or physical to solve their problems within the household and it's like five or six rules and that's pretty much it
0: right and so you know one of the things you just said too was to solve their problems so i think a lot of times what i see is that parents try to their focus is strictly on the behavior that they want to change. And the reason it keeps popping up or shows up in other ways, is because they're not dealing with the issue of why that behavior exists. So how do you address the behavior that's causing the problem or causing the behavior?
1: Well, we, we actually will focus on the behaviors because it's, it's that lack of, of problem solving skills. There, there are different types of... there's. A few fundamental issues. There's kids have social issues. They don't know how to deal with, with other people. They don't know how to deal with when other people get angry at them. Um, they're, they're, they're new in life. They, they, they're not used to that. My wife does customer service work. And I asked her, how do you deal with people like you know, upset customers? And she said, you learn over time how to deal with it and how to stay relaxed when the customer's upset. And it's the same thing with kids. They have to learn how to deal with those types of social issues and social interactions. A lot of kids will make other kids angry, and they don't know why. They haven't figured that out yet. Um, they also have uh, issues of dealing with frustration, dealing with anxiety, dealing with disappointment. Those are all new feelings that are very complex for anyone. But for a child who's never been through that before, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And when you're focusing on the behaviors, you're showing them how to how to through sort of self-control and better problem-solving skills, solve those things. So you actually use the behaviors to create the, to help their growth. Okay. Um, as, as they tackle each of those behaviors, they start building up their, the confidence that they can deal with other problems as well.
0: So if the behaviors are coming out because they're really anxious or they're angry, you're saying that by addressing the behaviors, that's going to help them handle their anxiety it, and
1: their anger. It, it is. And let me, let me explain that a further. So if you're, if you have a child, you think they have serious anxiety problems? You should see a doctor. You should, mm-hmm. because there might be an issue, but very often every, everyone has anxiety to some degree. And the way you deal with anxiety is you, you confront those issues. And so you want to coach your child on how to confront those issues. And when they've been through a couple of those, they gain some confidence. Um, there's a, uh, you'll hear this a lot the kids that have low self-esteem have behavior problems. Mm-hmm. And that's true we would we would agree with we we agree with that that's that's true kids who have behavior problems often have low self-esteem. But but where we differ with a lot of people is is the way we approach it is that we don't have tons of confidence that we can address the esteem itself and that as a result the behavior gets better. What we have because that's a it's a hard it's hard to do that and the, and their esteem may or may not grow. It's hard. That's a difficult thing. But what we found is that when, when you address the behavior issues, their esteem actually rises. So, so we, have the, we have this saying that you can't, you, can't, you can't feel your way to better behavior, but you can behave your way to better feelings. And so, so we address the behaviors as a ways to sort of raise their esteem and, and they, they start developing problem-solving skills that way. And they, and they actually feel better about themselves. And it's been effective. That's the other thing is, I mean, if you could somehow raise your esteem and they behave better, that would be great. We just found that that's not particularly effective. And at the end of the day, the goal is appropriate behavior, no matter how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like It's just a, it's a life, you're going to go through ups and downs in life. You're going you're gonna to go through depression. You're going to go through breakups. You're going to go through you know, all sorts of you know, job losses, difficult things. And the goal is to behave appropriate and not be abusive either verbally or physically to other people when you're feeling down and out. And, and that's, that's the goal. And that's what we're trying to teach the kids.
0: Right. So when I, I think the biggest piece of this is just realizing that the rules are set up ahead of time. So the kids know what it is and it's communicated. How about the consequences? Because I see a lot of people in the heat of the moment saying, just give me your phone. I'm yeah. taking your phone. So why does that, does that work? Or is there another way to do that?
1: Yeah, no, you don't, you don't want to, it's, it's perfectly fine for parents. To not give out an immediate consequence if you're not sure what it is, and let things calm down and say and and say, I have to go think about this. And tomorrow we'll talk about what the consequences are for what you've done. And that's we highly recommend that. Um, the, the good news is for most of the parents that come to us, they have these, they have these behaviours. The reason they're coming to us is that these behaviors have happened over and over and over again, and it's not a surprise. And we, we do coaching with parents, and because it's not a surprise. We put a plan in place is the next time this happens, here's what we're going to do. And then you go into execution mode. It actually brings the anxiety level of the parent way down. They know what they're going to do. They know what the consequence is going to be. And they can actually share what the consequences will be with the child ahead of time. Right. But if you're in that surprise situation where something happened, you didn't expect, you're not sure what the consequence is, there's nothing wrong with delaying, you know, wait a day or so, wait several hours, let things calm down, sort of think through. You don't want to, you don't want to be reactive about it.
0: Right. So we want to make sure we're, we're calm in the moment. So if we're yeah. not feeling calm in the moment, how do we handle that? Like the kids are very good at triggering us and pushing our buttons.
1: They, that they're experts at that. They're not, you know, kids aren't in charge of a lot of things. Like they're not, they're not the boss at work. They're not in charge at school. But, but they have this superpower, which is that they can, they can uh, they're in charge of their parents so often and they can make their parents angry in the way that no one else in the world could make a parent angry. So uh, we recommend for, for parents to disengage when, when a child is trying to pull you into a power struggle and pull you down into a fight is to disengage. And you just look at them and say, I can't, I, I don't, we can't communicate and I'm not going to talk with you when you're behaving this way towards me and you separate and you, and you leave the child. And it actually leaves them in a room arguing with themselves and it doesn't work anymore for them. So they might actually follow, they'll follow you into the other room, they'll follow like this, it gets, it gets crazy sometimes. And if the child's, if the child's old enough to be home alone, we actually recommend that the parents get in the car, just go away, just, just leave the situation and then come back to it. Okay. That doesn't mean no consequences, but, but what it does mean is you don't, you don't go down to your child's level and, and start engaging in these fights. All right. It's kind I'm- of like a work, like, like if you have an issue at work with your boss if if you work for a reasonable company, it's not a screaming match. The boss doesn't like yell and scream or whatever. They they handle this things like sort of very even tempered as best they can. It's difficult. It's not. It's not hard. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not easy as a parent to do this because there's a lot of emotions involved. But you want to take that approach when you're dealing with it.
0: Right. So part of a lot of the focus um, is that I do is like the relationship building piece. So where does that fit into this this technique?
1: So. The relationship build, the, one of the things that we talk about with the relationship building is that as the parent, you, you have, a, you have a, an obligation to set limits. Your child's not necessarily going to like that. Uh, and, but you owe it to your child to do that. And mm-hmm. you can explain to your child, this is, this is why I do that. But you want to coach your child. That's, that's the key thing is that when they're not behaving well, you want to offer them what the alternatives are. And you can do that through the coaching. There's also, of course, you need to spend time with your child if you can. As, as teenagers get older, they want to separate, so, so it doesn't always happen as much. Um, but you want to you make sure that your child understands, and they may not actually, and that's okay, but that you're setting limits because that's your job as the parent. I mean, that's, that's what you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they need to be able to, because, because these acting out skills when they get into the real world aren't going to work the way they work at home. You know, it's going to be a much, much more difficult situation. Right. So. And in terms of the relationship, the other thing we point out and this is very important. This a lot is not to take your child's behavior personally. And and because it feels personal, especially when you're you know if your daughter's sitting in the in the kitchen with you and is saying f you, mom, like just looking you right in the eye and just saying horrible things to you. We have parents come to us; they're, they're they feel terrible about that. We tell them it's a behavior problem. It's not a personal problem. Don't take it personally and and address it as a behavior problem Um, for a couple, for a couple of reasons. One is it really is a behavior problem. And when they get better and they learn how to solve their problems better, they're not going to be trying to solve them by, by swearing at you in the kitchen and telling you how awful you are as a person. And you want them to get better at that. And the other thing is you need to offer your child forgiveness. You can't offer your child grace. If you're taking those things personally, and you don't want to do that. You want to realize my child's a teenager. They're going through a difficult time. I want to have a good relationship with them in the long term. I I need to forgive them for all the horrible things they're saying to me because it's a behavior problem. It's not me personally. It would have been any parent going on. So not taking your child's behavior personally is very important for our programs.
0: Right. And then understanding like, how do we get to the point of why they're feeling the need to say, I hate you? So we're dealing with the behaviors, but how are you handling, like, how do you handle the situation of why they feel the need to yell that?
1: Well, for most of the parents we're working with, they're, they're saying, I hate you because you're the limit setter in the household. And they don't, they don't like that. And, and it could be that you haven't been spending enough time with your child. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch of hosts of things, mm-hmm. but, but that's not that that's not an excuse for abusive behavior and they, and that's not a way to approach relationships. And as right. a parent, we always ask parents, you need to model the behaviors that you want to see your kids doing. So if you want, if you want your child to be more warm towards you, be more warm towards your child, show them how it's done. And it will, and it will be a two way street.
0: Uh, yeah, I think the modeling is an enormous piece of this. Um, because we see a lot of parents that are yelling at their kids to not yell, right? So it is looking yeah. at like, what are you teaching them? Because the only people they really are learning from is you. So it's yes. like, if you're not liking your kids behaviors, it's kind of asking, where did they learn those
1: behaviors? Yeah, you For are, you are the, the most, you are the number one influence on your child. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, half, half of our program is explaining what, what is effective and what's not effective parenting techniques. And yelling at your child is just not effective. We all do it. And you should mm-hmm. forgive yourself if you do it, because we all break down at various times. But it doesn't work. And if it did work, we wouldn't have any parenting problems, because you just yell and scream at your kid, and they would come <laughs> into line. And they would be fine, right? Or you could right. hire you could hire Doctor Cam to, to spend an hour every week, and and you'd scream at their kid, and they'd go oh, home. Oh, never
0: in a million years! And they would that be ever fine happen. For, mm. It wouldn't work,
1: right? And you know, <laughs> no. yeah, we do it. So, so you want to model that if you're if you're screaming at your kid all the time, just you need to stop. Just stop it because it's not effective, right? And then start thinking what what is effective.
0: Yeah, and the screaming so, doesn't
1: help the relationship. Those those things are hurt the relationship because. Although we can explain to a parent not to take these behaviors personally, and, they, and their parents are generally old enough and mature enough that when you explain, not don't take it personally because it's a behavior problem, and then that'll help your relationship. Likewise, when you're screaming things at your kids, you might say something that, that you regret. Your child's not mature enough to offer that grace and forgiveness the way that you might as an adult. Yeah. So you have to be careful about that also. When you find yourself yelling and screaming, your, your child, it builds up resentments.
0: Yeah, um, it does. And a, a lot of times when I talk to kids who literally do are not happy with their parents, I think part of it is their parents aren't hearing what their kids need. And so a lot of that behavior that's acting out, don't take it all personally, but sometimes it's something that you need to hear. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things where you know I try to under—I try to help understand—is that we're not a hundred percent always right. Like we've got to listen to what our kids need from us too, and I think that's where you know the the difference between the relationships and the behaviors become very challenging. Right?
1: Yeah, we we have we find that um, scheduling time to talk to your kids out of the heat of the moment often works like like yeah. tomorrow at from five to five thirty. Let's let's sit down and discuss this and let things calm down. And you can kind of prepare for it. Um that helps that helps as well because it brings this the stress and anxiety level down. Right. So yeah, definitely
0: does that. So how can parents find you and and
1: your strategies? So we are at empoweringparents.com. Uh, and we're also on Facebook. If you just search for empowering parents on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us as well. And if you come to our website, we have hundreds of free articles. You can sign up for our newsletter and you can also, our, our programs, total transformation program, uh, you can sign up for that as well. And it, it, it streams, uh, uh, to PCs, tablets, phones. So you can start it immediately if you want to, if you want to jump right into it.
0: Wonderful. All right. So before we go, any parting words of encouragement for parents with teenagers?
1: Uh, that, that these behavior problems are solvable. Focus on one behavior at a time. That's one of the things we folks, mm. you know, just pick one, work on that one, get that one better. And, yes. and uh, there's hope. There's hope. If, if, you, if you're consistent, do more effective than ineffective stuff. There's hope. We, we, see, we see kids changing and parents changing all the time.
0: I love that. Thank you, Kimball. I'm so grateful you could join us today.
1: Thank you, Dr. Kim.
0: Absolutely. And thank you parents for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens thrive, you can grab my top 10 secrets for raising teens at askdrcam.com slash parenting tips. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode and the helpful strategies Kimball shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find the show. I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive calm day and that's a wrap thanks for joining me today on parenting teens with dr cam make sure to visit my website www.askdrcam.com where you can subscribe to the show in itunes stitcher or via rss so you'll never miss a show again while you're at it If you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than
1: this.